Let's go. Rodeo Rock Radio, episode 19? 19. 19. 19. Thanks for joining us. Benny Paulson here. Alongside Gus Kronberg. Right there. We're mm. saddled up. Well, I'm saddled up. Gus is just chilling. On the stool. Ready to ride. Ready to rock and roll. It's Rocktober. I just remembered that. <laughs> it's Rocktober. Hey, we got Tater in the studio also. We got the studio dog. He got retired because we let him help us buck bulls the other night. Chase bulls and he... He's too sore afterwards. Got a little old timer's disease on. He's the best cow dog on the place, but he's also scared of the bulls. So he's done. So he's now the podcast studio dog, and he's a good guy. We love Tater. All right, what do we got? So we got a we got a pretty cool episode coming up. We will be talking to Gus's buddy Jake Franklin. Jake, Jake's a good dude. He's uh, lives out in California. He's a hunting outfitter and runs a conservation business and is uh just a super cool guy so former semi-pro snowboarder mm-hmm. great done, story he's done a lot he's done it all he's got a good story we will be we'll be talking to him a long time but first we got to get to some rodeo report and a little bit of a little yeah. bit of ranch report we had a good day yeah a couple of days of cowboying out here in yeah. the t2 that's for sure more work than i'm used to after fighting bulls all summer <laughs> getting things done we started ultrasound and preg checking and uh got a lot of good stuff done it's been going good yeah do uh we got any sponsors plug real quick we do before I, we get into this i'm not on that page we possibly got a new sponsor coming in but yeah i never wrote down yet oh that's all right well it's not official yet either so uh that being said if you are looking to sponsor the show, want to sponsor Rodeo Rock Radio, uh, Breaking 8, Gus Kronberg, Professional Bullfighter, we have a ton of platforms. Our social media rocks, and we'll do a good job for you. So if you're interested, shoot us a message. Um, until then, we'll go. You want to jump into – you got them pulled up now? No, let's get to that Rodeo report. Okay. I'm excited. we got NFR coming up. Yeah, no doubt. So – Take a quick run down the world standings here. Um, we are the top 15 list is out. So if you're interested in seeing on who all qualified, go over to uh, PRCA um, website and check it out. Um, in the meantime, these are the guys leading the deal. So in the all around, Stetson Wright moved on up to first place, knocked out Tough Cooper. Uh, in the bareback riding, it's still Tim O'Connell, steer wrestling, still Matt Reeves. Team roping, uh, Luke Brown on the heading, Joseph Harrison on the healing, and the Bronc riding to no surprises, Wyatt Casper and Chad Mayfield in the tie down, uh, Cole Patterson in the steer open, and Sage Kimsey in the boat riding. So Stetson snuck in in both the Bronc riding and the boat riding yeah. last minute, yeah. top 10 in both, went from being out of the top 15 to yeah. being top 10 in both. I think we're going to have us another repeat. All-around champion. Guys rank, so no doubt about it. Yep. So cool. And it's cool to see it on the rough stock end. It, what was it? When he won it last year, it was the first time a roughie had won it in umpteen years. Since Ty Murray, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, not that long ago. I mean, I rode against Ty, so it was just a few years ago. <laughs> it's quite a while ago. Shut up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't uh, a presidential debate. I can't tell right. you to shut up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that, sir. No, it's all right. NFR is in Texas this year. It is. Isn't that weird? I can't wait to go. What? Cool. Uh, speaking of sponsors, you going to be there with the booth? Yeah. Well, we're going to. I'll be there. Uh, well, hooked up. We'll be there. A bunch of us will be there um, for the PRC convention. 
which is going to be at the Omni Fort Worth Hotel in Fort Worth, Texas. Cool. Um, if you guys didn't know about it, uh, Hooked Up will have a booth there, and I will, for the first time, have a bullfighting booth there. So if you're on a rodeo committee and you're listening to this, come talk to me. Good exposure for any sponsors. And you'll also be doing some B-roll filming work for Wild Rides and Special Cowboy Moments on RFD-TV and the Cowboy Channel, which we'll be down there filming yeah. with Kevin Holton and be doing, doing interviews. It'll be exciting. Yeah. It'll be super exciting. It's going to be cool. It's di- it's going to be different. We should get, have you made arrangements? Yeah, we got an Airbnb as far as lodging. Yeah. 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 Got quite a few buddies around there too, so. We're pretty good to have you. No. Anybody anybody need a roommate? Gus is looking. Probably dig into that a little bit. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, and then uh, getting back to what were we talking about? We're talking oh, about the world standings. World standings, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the total payout thus far in the PRCA this year has been uh, $20,570,100. Oh, I messed it up. Sorry. I went to school, East River, North Dakota. $20,570,161. So, very cool. That's what I got this Dude. week for the PRCA. Um, in state, locally, we wrapped up the NDRA rodeo, uh, rodeos for the year in Watford City last weekend at the finals. Um, it went pretty good. It was a good time, good rodeo. Watford City always does a great job with their rodeo. They do. Even um, in a year that's tough to do. Yeah. Rodeo's done a good job. They did well. Did they very did well. well. A lot yeah. of cool people up there. Yep. And then uh, I don't know what's left for the year. Dickinson's College Rodeo starts tonight. We're going to head in there before, I'll probably right after this. Um, go check out the College Rodeo. And the circuit finals are starting. Badlands oh, Circuit yeah. Finals is next weekend. Minot, North okay. Dakota. Montana Circuit Finals isn't until January, I believe. So they're they're spread out, but we're how do, getting into that. How does that even work? How do they have Circuit Finals? After the NFR. That doesn't make sense to me at all. And I know Montana's not the only one that does it does it that way, but... Well, it's two different things. It doesn't... Right. It doesn't help you at all to get to the NFR. Right. I understand right. that. But why... You, it's just kind of beyond me why they wouldn't have it before. Yeah. Like, it just makes sense to have it... At whatever. It it's, a good, it's a good question. I suppose it comes down to locally when they can get... The venue and event going. Yeah, yeah I guess. It's got to be before, significantly before the national circuit finals, the yeah. Ram national finals in Florida. That's in March always, so I guess that's the only thing that really matters is getting... Well, no, it just happened. Um. Yeah, because it got canceled. Oh, right. Oh, that's in March true. Yeah, that was a reschedule. Because yeah. of some disease or there's some virus going around or something? I'm not sure. I haven't heard of anything. I don't, I don't know what's in, going on. Influenza, I think. Something like that, some weird, some cold, yeah. some sort. <laughs> um, but yeah, lots of good stuff. But we are number one. PBR finals also going to be there, November fifteenth. Yeah, at uh, AT&T Stadium. Yeah, you bet. Home of Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Just in case you didn't hear our last podcast where we did a full report on all that. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. Going to be good stuff. All right, um, um, you're done rodeoing for the year. No more rodeos for you. I am. Yep, it was a good year. Had a had a lot of success and um yeah, went good. I pretty much crushed every goal I set for myself this year and uh looking forward to an even better next year, hopefully with no covid. So, we'll get lots of practice in bucking bulls. Yeah. Um kind of chickened out on Red Zeppelin the other night. 
I just want to get killed off in the practice <laughs> pen. Red Zeppelin's by a myself. Super, super mean bull we got out here at the ranch. And well, Wade Berg was going to get on him the other night, but we could barely get him in, and he was hot. It took us 20 minutes to get him into the buck and shoot, and then I was like, well, if, it's it's no problem for me at all to peel a bull off a bull rider, but on a super mean one like him, I just feel like uh, without another bullfighter there to pick him off me and vice versa, I feel like I was just going to kind of lose that whole thing. I told you I had your back. I'd have been there for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you whipping your flag around. Hey, g- get up. Gus, get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Get out of there. It's like it's like when one of your buddies is hung up and all you hear is open your hand. Really. Yeah. It's good advice. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Yep. Well, uh, we got good insurance on the place, so I don't. I'd have jumped in there. <laughs> I don't have good insurance. And if you don't have good insurance, especially rainfall insurance, you can check out Ranchers Risk Protection. Got a great deal on rainfall insurance for all you farmers and ranchers. That's Will Meyer, Ranchers Risk Protection. Thanks. Thanks, Will. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, cool. So is that all we got for Rodeo Report? That's it. That's the whole thing. Kind of excited to get to get to the old interview, get yeah. get, get catched up with, got with up. Jake. Yep. <laughs> um, some of our other sponsors, Project Canine Hero, of course. Wild Rides on the Cowboy Channel. Be sure to watch Cowboy Channel for everything. Rodeo, NFR, um, all the cool stuff that's going to be happening all over. Yeah. You're going to see it on the Cowboy Channel. It's going to be super cool. And uh, Uno, Coulter Hensel, is also a new sponsor. Up North Outlaws Apparel Company. Check them out. Being, being an outlaw and doing cowboy things, I suppose uh, that'll lead us right into the TT Ranch Report because it has been busy on the place last couple of days. Super busy. Uh, I'm going to start some of that out with the Breaking 8 Report because I'm going to Nashville next week. Oh, yeah. So it's double busy trying to get everything ready so that I'm not stressed out. You don't trust me? I'm staying home to take care of the place. Benny doesn't trust me. Yeah, kind of like, kind of like you don't trust me to fight bulls with you. <laughs> oh, it's the same. Got it. Similar thing. <laughs> okay. yeah. I do trust you. It's just the ranch is my baby, you know. Yeah. And I'm kind of particular, as you know, for sure, with the equipment and everything. So yeah. I just, you know, there's. I'm really proud of it, and I like it to run smoothly. Should be. Yeah. And uh, right I feel so. like I feel like you're knowledgeable enough and everything now. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's going to be good. Yeah. But I will be calling you four to seven times a day. <laughs> just prepare for that. It's going to be like Julie where I just call you back type. <laughs> yeah, don't avoid me. I will <laughs> I'll get somebody to come over here with a baseball bat. <laughs> so uh, so we got that. We're re- recording a few new songs. Me and Ty, our guitar player, is going down. One, one song in particular with our buddy Flint Rasmussen. Really looking forward to the process and that song coming out in the whole project's gonna be cool but uh yeah i've been organizing moving cows working cows preg checking 100 percent for all you ranchers out there we got to brag a little bit 100 (laughs) percent on the replacements that's not bad all of them bred it's not bad you know why justin's gonna love this probably because we turned the daryls out to clean them up (laughs) (laughs) that's two longhorn cross bulls that i just had laying around and just had one bull breeding the heifers. And I thought, ah, let's turn the Daryls out. Just to make sure these heifers get yeah, bred. Let's throw them a bone. It'll be fun. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> It'll be fun to see what, see how many calves the Daryls sired. But whatever it is, a live calf is better than no calf. So we can sell them to, if they got horns, we can sell them to boobles. And they can rope on them. Roping, yeah. And then we'll buy them back for yep. breeding animals. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> what else been going on the ranch? Uh, we're getting our corrals built and kind Finally. of 
made into a permanent structure. So that's really good. We got... Uh, we tested them today, did some heavy sorting. It yeah, was awesome. Yeah, worked really well. We've been putting uh, wood uh, railroad ties in the ground, and I've been, been busy tamping them, and Benny's been working the shovel pretty good. I tamped some. Tamped one. <laughs> you know, we've been talking about building this corral in this arena since freaking April. It's crazy? October. Yeah. We're still working on it. But it's coming together. I mean, Slowly but surely. Rome wasn't wanna... built in the day. That's right. That's right. You build a little, then you think what to build next and how yeah. it's going to flow and work and got some yeah. temporary structures. Yeah. Anyways, we're getting there and it's really working well. It is. I like really it. working well. Pretty happy with the whole thing. Um, got some blood oh. on it today because we were dehorned some yeah. yearling heifers today. Wow. Heifers and, uh, five for five? Four for four. Well, caught, caught all of them. In the new shoot. In the new shoot. Yeah, the old AeroQuip, bun new AeroQuip shoot, so we can handle these horned animals, and we missed more than we caught the first time we tried it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we're getting it figured out. We just had to learn. And, yeah. and for the beef cattle, the AeroQuip awesome. worked good. Awesome. Really good. Yep. Thanks to Gordy Stefan at Stefan Feeds for that. Yeah. Um, um, tried to cripple a horse yesterday. Yeah, unsuccessfully, fortunately. Yeah, it was a good deal. Um, <laughs> I was going to go out. Oh, we are going to go gather all these critters. And... Uh, I uh, had him saddled for a little bit and went to go cinch him up. And for the first time since I've had him, he got real cinchy and blew up, started throwing a good horse fit and threw a leg over the halter rope. He was tied to the hitching post and I was like trying to calm him down. I got the, I got the, uh, halter rope cut and, uh, and the whole time while he was doing this, he managed to get a foot stuck in between this, Behind the hitching post, underneath the hitching post rail, and this other metal bar that connects to a railroad tie by the door. And slipped a foot in there. I got a rope around it, pulled it out, and uh, I thought we were going to have to shoot him. But it wasn't the case. The vet cleared him. So that's good. A little banamine, and he'll be uh, to the kill pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, a little disclaimer on this horse. We got him. How old is he? Eight? Ten. Ten? Yeah. Justin paid $350 for him because... Probably of all these issues you're finding out. Yeah, I want to sell them to just a nice kid or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, maybe a rookie rider. Yeah. Because he's a real sweet guy until so, you get on something him. Something to learn on. Who you know. knows? <laughs> yeah, learn learn that you don't want to be around horses ever <laughs> yeah. again. If you have any enemies, you could say, hey, yeah. 500 bucks. I'm, I'm going to give you a deal because I like you. Well, and here's the thing. A $500 horse will sell because it's $500. Yep. And it's a horse. Yep. Make sure my name is not on that anywhere. That One horse. of them really good T2 ranch horses. No, no, no. That will not be advertised. That's Gus Kronberg. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about last night how we were going to liquidate the entire horse pen. So might might happen in the near future anyway. I got two good ones that got to stay. Yeah. The rest. Eesh. Hey, we get her done, though. Yeah. We get cattle in, even though we ride horses that buck and run off. And it's because we're cowboys. That's what cowboys do. That's right. All is well in the T2. Fall is great. We'll be, as soon as I get back from Nashville, we'll be weaning and moving around on cover crop and good stuff. That's that should do her. Let's get to this interview with Jake. It's going to be good. Guys, thanks so much for joining us here on Rodeo Rock Radio. Coming up. Oh, shoot. Let's get him on right now. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on one second. Got a little little bit of a song here. Got a little breaking eight. I'm in a cowboy song while we get Jake on. All right. Coming up shortly. Jay Franklin.
All right, our featured guest today joins us from California, Mr. Jake Franklin. Got all kinds of cool stuff going on out there in a place that is uh, probably the most beautiful place in the world, but got to be a little bit, little bit challenging. We're excited to catch up on here about that. A good buddy of Gus. Gus, line this one up. Yeah. Gus, tell us about Jake. Man, me and Jake met in Vegas uh, during my first NFR a couple of years ago. Um, we were at the MGM Gold Buckle Zone having a real good time. And uh, I think, I, I don't know, Jake, did I just bump into you? Or is, it was something goofy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll touch on that real quick. First of all, thanks for having me, guys. It's awesome. An honor. Um, but Gus and I met. So I, I I get in these weird modes where I just want to go meet people and talk to people that are interesting and have a story or whatever. And, and I'm, I'm at the bar at the MGM, and this big, tall, giant kid walks up, but he's dressed really nice. And, and I'm like, man, you're looking sharp. You know, people overlook the importance of looking good all the time. And, you know, it. Not Gus. Sh- it, <laughs> yeah, well, no, he did. Like, he, he really did. He looked nice. Like, yeah, he doesn't overlook it, though. He knows the importance. And- <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so we talked about that for a minute. And then we kind of opened up and talked about our lives and, and, like, instantly, like, had a deep bond. And, uh, and then I get a text from him the next day because we shared our phone numbers. I had his business card. I still have it. Like, I'm a professional bullfighter and I'm tougher <laughs> than the rest, something like that. And, <laughs> nice. and then uh, the next day I get a text and he's like wearing a hoodie looking like a scrapper. And I was like, man, that's funny. I can't even place the two guys together. <laughs> and uh, ever since then, we've kept in touch. And um, Gus and, and Brent, like we uh, have a cool friendship, like when we're, wanting to get creative or wanting to uh kind of toss ideas off each other or just to, like i'll call them just when i want to get my brain juices moving and i'll call them and be like hey what do you guys think about this or you know hey you know what about this industry is wrong or good or whatever and then it gets us thinking and then um it's kind of a creative bunch that's scattered all over so it's fun cool yeah it's really cool i uh it was last year last april I had the opportunity. Brett and I were going down to a, to a bullfighting event in Las Lunas, New Mexico. And I was like, man, like I know this dude. And he lives about 11 hours from here. I said, we're already down here. But I think I think Brent would really like him. Uh, this is what I was thinking. And so I told Jake. And he's like, yeah, yeah, come on out. And so we get done in New Mexico, drive through the night. We <clears throat> get to Jake's house about 7 in the morning. And like didn't want to wake him up or anything so we slept outside my car so jake woke us up knocking on the windows about 100 degrees in the car already the flies were buzzing <laughs> but uh so yeah brent got to meet him and ever since then it's just been cool very cool so i, I am dying to hear about because i love california i love the train some of the people i struggle with and anymore in california but i got relatives and it's so beautiful out there um i'm dying to know about your businesses and kind of really describe us your place and what you got going on jake well i'll kind of start with just touching on california really quick so california um to make a living or to or to cut your teeth or to do anything western cowboy hunting anything um of that nature you have to be um a a tough son of a gun you know for Mm -hmm. lack of a better term uh, but what's overlooked about California is there's so many people and the and the regulations are so steep that a lot of the um, enforcement of the rules falls through the cracks. 
And so it actually ends up being kind of the wild west. I always joke around about it. And somebody calls me, how's California, man, it's the wild west out here. You know, Hmm. um, something that's wild that you don't, you know, you don't even think about is there's so many people here and, and, you know, to, to, to make a good living doing it, you have to be up before the dot, you know, up before the sun, go to bed late, working hard. Like you got to, like, there's no working at a cow's pace here. Like you have to be super ambitious, motivated every single day, because if you're not, there's somebody else that is, you know, where you're in a small town, like there, you know, there's a handful of ranchers and that's what you're doing. Well, here, like you could wake up in the morning one day and, and you wake up at nine because you had a rough night. Somebody else went and caught on to your lease, you know, mm. or whatever, you know, so you have to stay sharp and onto it. And, you know, it's the land of sharks, but it also makes it the Wild West. And is that kind of a strictly, crazy place. strictly because it's such a beautiful place to live that everybody wants to live there? There's just so many people that are willing to do whatever it takes. Is that what you're saying? Well, there's a lot of money to be made here okay. um, in our industry, like a lot. And the the, and it is uh, so hunting. I'm just talking Western in general. Okay. So the hunting is exceptional. Um, the ranching is exceptional. You know, it's 70, you know, you get close to the coast, it's 70 degrees all year. You know, it's balls deep grass. I mean, it's perfect, you know? (laughs) And, uh, so it's a lot of people want it, you know, but the regulations high. And so people are skeptical of it, but people are figuring it out and figuring out how to do what we do for a living. Um, and there's always somebody trying to take it from you. It's wild. And land prices are really high, I'm assuming, and taxes got to be pretty high? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, but, you know, like if you're busy enough and you're just going, you don't even really realize. Like, And it sounds bad, but, um, you know, all, all I have to think, you know, all I get to think about is, you know, paying my accountant and, you know, my next job. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, it, it works, you know, productivity I, pays for the cost. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. For sure. So exactly. what I know, so Jake, when I was, when Brett and I were out there, obviously we were fortunate enough to meet your mom and dad and, uh, mm-hmm. your little girl and, um, really salt of the earth people, but obviously, you know, they're not farmers and ranchers themselves. So how did, how was it that you fell into the industry? Yeah. Well, I'll just touch on really quick. Um, I don't know. Uh, so I'm an outfitter, uh, by trade. I guide bighorn sheep all over the Western U S Canada and Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, I have a conservation business. Um, we have a horse sale business where we do horse auctions. Um, and, uh, myself, I don't own any cows, but, uh, a lot of my employees are full-time cowboys and ranchers. Um, and I have a lot of lease like ranches that we lease, um, for, you know, dude trips, hunts, everything else. Um, but how I kind of come into all this. So I grew up at a kid's camp, uh, where we taught inner city kids how to ride horses and how to live outside and all that. And so we'd get, you know, um, these less than fortunate kids, uh, to put it easily, you know, from downtown LA and everything else. And we take them to the mountains and for a week they ride horses and they learn how to, you know, um, clean up after the horses and they learn how to sleep outside and they learn how to cook on a fire and they, and they go through all those experiences. And then at the end of the week, uh, we would then invite their parents to come up and watch them, uh, in an arena, pretty much showcase what they learned throughout the week. 
Um, and we grew up, so we were 30 minutes from the nearest very, very small town. We lived at uh, 8,100 feet. And that's where I was raised. I was raised essentially at a kid's camp. It'd be winter camp in the winter and summer camp in the summer. Hmm. And uh, so that's where I grew up. And then when I went into high school, I was a, a, a semi-pro snowboarder. Cool. And I was working on a fly fishing boat and up on a lake in Big Bear Lake. And my boss on the boat said, hey, you know, you got a knack for people. You have a knack for outdoors, everything else. He's like, what do you think about being a hunting guy? And I was like, well, I never thought of it. So I started looking into it at 16, 17 years old, um, kind of fell in love with the idea and the romanticism of the whole thing. And then uh, pursued it, got a degree in wildlife management. And then went to Montana for wilderness guide school. And I, it was April 1st, no, April 21st, I'm sorry, was my first day up there. And it was just pouring snow. And I told myself that day, I'm like, it's way too cold up here. If this is what I have to do to be a guide, I'm going to try and find something else. <laughs> and so um, I went to guide school. It was, you know, a month or two long. Came home. And I was on the search and rescue team here uh, in the San Gregorio wilderness. And we were on a training mission and the guy goes, Oh, the outfitter uh, that guides these, the hunts up here, you know, was up here or whatever. And I was like, Oh my gosh, there's an outfitter in Southern California. Are you kidding me? So I called the guy and, and I said, do you need any help? He said, well, can you cook? And I said, gosh, I can learn. <laughs> and, he, and he laughed and said, well, I could use some help packing into the wilderness, you know, in three days. And so I quit my jobs, um, and, and put a backpack on and went into the mountains and come to find out he was, uh, you know, older man, 65 years old at the time, uh, that was like a legend in our, in the sheep hunting industry. And so I fell into guiding bighorn sheep, um, and kind of just made a name for myself. And, and in 2014, uh, started my own business, um, and uh, kind of took it from there and uh, fortunate to have a bunch of cool uh, awards and cool stories and everything else. And uh, now it's going. It's working. Really so. cool. Really cool. Aren't you? You're sponsored by Yeti, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I have um, several people that support us and sponsor us. Yeti, send, Henry, send us Rifles. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? You should send us a cooler. Yeah, with our logo, just all huge <laughs> on the top. Um, yeah, so it's I got Yeti, Henry Rifles, uh, Kuyu, um, Leica Optics. Um, but yeah, uh, That's cool, man. So a pad company for our you horse do a pads. TV show. Uh, I don't, I've been on a lot of them. Yep. Um, uh, Not I have a lot of clients. One. No, I don't have a show myself. No, uh, I'm, I need to get you I one. Just, yeah, well, I don't know. I, you know, I kind of. I kind of like the idea of writing. Um, I just got hired on as a writer for field and, uh, field ethos, cool. which is owned by, uh, Trump jr. And a few other people, um, as a monthly writer for them. And I kind of just like the, you know, the, a lot can disappear, you know, like the, the, the ways that it used to be kind of disappear, uh, in a video, you know, a program on television or whatever. And when you can write it down, uh, it's, it's, it's specialer to me, I guess. So, um, Could you I don't know. I've had the opportunity to do TV shows. Um, I had HGTV like bugging me to do a show on our lives. And it's kind of funny. They called us to interview us 
and uh, we were just on the mountain catching wild cows in Southern California, and get off our horses, and you know we're talking to HGTV, and that, and like a horse is hobbled behind us, and he like <laughs> loses his footing and just takes off down the mountain, and they're like, "Who are these guys?" You know, <laughs> it was pretty funny, but um, yeah, we're, I mean. It's a wildlife down here. So awesome. So uh, describe and, your what's the conservation? I'm I'm curious about the conservation aspect of your business. Yeah, so it's it's a whole nother business, and we're like a uh, working force for conservation projects. So where uh, you have a conservation organization, let's call it Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Uh, they have banquets. They put projects together. They get money. Um, what we do is we then get hired by those organizations to be the ones who complete the projects. Mm. So, uh, you know, it could be, you know, we get a independent contractor that's a helicopter. We get a trucking company. We get a guy who's, you know, a plumber, whatever the project is. And we put that team together, organize it, and then, um, see that project through to completion. And then also we do some fundraising stuff, um, as well but uh yeah so so we're pretty much a for-profit conservation organization um and we pretty much just put together conservation projects gotcha. uh, also private land like a guy's like hey i want a private land management tag on my land i want tags for my land but the government says i need to have wildlife enhancement on my property you know if you guys don't mind coming and looking at it and and figuring out and and completing what I need to make the deer population better. And we'll go and we'll, you know, outfit the waters in the right spot if they don't already have them and, and get their fences where the deer are migrating through and they can come through their fences easily. So they don't go around them and stuff like that. Nice. Um, You've done some of those projects up in our country, haven't you? Why, like Wyoming? Uh, well, I did, uh, I, I did not. So, um, could you conservation direct? So could you, is a hunting clothing brand and they started a conservation company, which is a nonprofit. And they, we did a sheep translocation and then they brought me along on it to help. Oh, okay. Um, so we caught sheep off of the Rocky boy Indian reservation. Um, I think it was a total of 50 sheep we caught and we purchased the sheep, uh, off the Indian reservation. And then we split the herd of the ones we caught 25 and 25. And then we took, 25 of them to North Dakota and then 25 of them, uh, to Antelope Island in Utah and then translocated them. And then, um, now it's good to go. So nice. Nice. I got, I got to ask a question here. I can't, I, I gotta, I can't get it off my mind. I can't focus on anything else until I ask this question. Sure. It's a really important one. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever met Sean White? Uh, so I, when I was a kid, so he grew up in Southern California. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I competed against him. No way. Uh, often on our little, it's called USASA. And it's a little snowboard competition that we do like every other Sunday or something. Mm-hmm. And we definitely, the, the competition where I competed against him, he actually beat me out. But I got the front page of the newspaper. Really? Because uh, it. I was sure doing a him. cool, cool trick, and they got a good picture of it. So that is so awesome. I love, I've loved snowboarding. I'm just so, so intrigued by this. Even cooler yeah. than Sean White, Jake's best friend is Jeff Rowley. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's like, you know, the most legendary skateboarder around. Yeah. Um, as far as skateboarders go, you know, like 
a true skateboarder like the guys who trespass and tear stuff up yeah their hero is jeff raleigh like and tony hawk is tony hawk a true skateboarder is that his hero yeah yeah no t- so tony hawk and jeff were business partners oh, okay yeah um, okay yeah jeff's a main character on tony hawk pro skater all that so it's that level so but what tony hawk is to the vert like you know an actual yep. half pipe jeff is to street skating gotcha so and sean white i mean he's my hero he's he's just <laughs> such a dominating snowboarder he's is oh, he yeah. a pretty cool guy oh yeah and then and then his so he has like a protege and his name's toby miller Mm-hmm. And through high school, I dated Toby's sister and I would go back and like, we'd skate his mini ramp and, and hang out. And then I taught like I, me and a couple of other guys taught him how to snowboard when he was two and a half, three years old and he was snowboarding down the mountain. And now he's, you know, um, pretty much Sean White's protege. Like he'll be the one and, and they're best friends. Him and Sean White now are best friends and, you know, they'll be doing crazy tricks and all the cool stuff. So that's awesome that you're hanging with those that's guys. Cool. Very cool. cool. Okay, I got that on. Thank you for answering that. I got that up my chest now. <laughs> now we can focus on business and get back to the get back to the meat of the for subject. Sure. <laughs> um, I guess. Well, next question would be, um, obviously Jake, you're you're cowboy to the core, and and wake up every day and do some cowboy stuff, um, and obviously love rodeo. Met you at the NFR. And then you're this big hunting guide. Like, how does how does all this stuff play out in your day? Like, you're you're just your day to day, and how does this stuff connect? Well, day to day is different than just like the whole idea as it of it in general. So, um, I get to hang out with the coolest cowboys in the world. Like, you know, Nick Dowers is my be- one of my best friends, and you know, he was won the Road to the Horse twice and the Snafflebit Fraternity, and he's just an incredible horseman. And, um, Wesley Silcox, the bull, bull rider is a great friend of mine. Um, just a a bunch of guys that are the coolest cowboys around are all my friends, but it's funny because most cowboys like to hunt. And, um, and so I'm like their hunting friend, a lot of them, you know what I mean? Like I'm the guy they call and talk to and, and they want to go hunting with and, and, you know, when we hang out, we talk hunting. It's kind of funny. Like I'll want to, I'll want to like talk about roping or talk about horsemanship or anything like that. And they kind of just like almost don't, they don't shut me down, but it's like, ah, we don't really want to talk about that. Let's talk (laughs) about hunting, you know? So it's, uh, that's kind of my, like, that's my connection with, you know, the Western industry, I guess I, I consider hunting in the Western industry. For sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, I, I'm the hunting guy in the in the group of friends, if that makes sense. You bet. So, um, and uh, but and then as far as my outfit goes, uh, most of my guides are you know have been full time cowboys their whole life, um, rodeo cowboys, and just um, oh. you know work on ranches. But uh, so we kind of brought in like a western element. Uh, hunting was getting more and more and more into the backpacking where like they're trying to make things lighter and, and more mountaineery and like trying to get people to hike into the backcountry and hike into the backcountry and make your pack lighter and eat this dehydrated food and all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just bring back the element of riding into country. You've never been in before hunting an elk or a sheep or whatever, and 
let's do it on horseback and let's bring back, you know, all those cool tricks and techniques on, um, you know, like kind of the way it used to be in the old ways. And, and so, um, I just have been growing my string and, and, uh, last year I offered, you know, it's, uh, $1,500 more to have horses on the hunt. And it was 95 of my, 95% of my clients last year opted for the horses. Cool. And so it just kind of proved that people still want that and there's still a need for it. And, uh, and there's an element to using horses when you're hunting that, uh, kind of makes it special, you know, you, hunting is hunting and it's great and it's fun and glassing and, um, chasing an animal and then getting the meat and the trophy. And it's like a huge emotional thing, but then putting an art on top of it on, you know, caring for this thousand pound animal in the mountains and making sure he's eating and making sure he's drinking and, and figuring out routes to get your horses there. And, and, and it's a whole art on top of the hunting element. that's special and it makes, it makes it, even better like it really does yeah and it's a bond it's another bond it's absolutely i think the bond between a horse or a dog and a man is more special almost than some human human bonds yeah um absolutely and you're keeping it's a feeling that it's a feeling that you that we all know and understand um and i've never been able to like duplicate it you know Mm -hmm. with anything but you know for me with horses, um, I've never been able to duplicate that feeling of like, you know, I remember one night, um, we kind of, we were in Canada and we were super remote, you know, three and a half, four hours from our base camp. And there was three or four feet of snow on the ground. And the, uh, one of the guides and the hunter were going to sleep there overnight. Um, but I had to get back to base camp cause I had to trail horses out the next morning. And, uh, and my wife was there and she was pregnant and she was in camp hmm. and, um, we're, we're now divorced, but, um, the, uh, so we, I, I knew she was there. She's going to worry about me. And we also had to get up at five thirty and trail horses out. And the other guide was just going to trail out in the morning with the hunter. And it had snowed all day and our tracks in were gone. And now it was 11 o'clock midnight hmm. and I needed to get back to camp. And we had been off trail all day and it's, it's dark and it's snowing. And I had no idea, you know, I knew the direction, but you have cliffs and everything you need to get around. And I was on this horse, um, that we called Red Bull and I just gave him his head and he put his head right down again, you know, right over the snow. And I just held onto the saddle horn and dodged trees. And about two and a half hours later, you know, I get back on the main trail and that feeling right there of like, just the bond and, and, and the emotional connection you have of an animal that I mean, didn't save your life, but really helped you a lot. Yeah. Might've, you know, like might've saved your back, life. Yeah. You don't, you never know, but just like you're, you're so proud of them and you're so, uh, it, it's just a connection, man. It's, it's special. It's so cool. That's awesome. And that's awesome that you're telling that story to people that don't know that and yeah. keeping that history and that, that alive. That's cool, man. For sure. So, well, and also. I got to ask, so I've been riding, I called Jake when I got this mule to ride for Dale Deedy. <clears throat> okay. And it's been a love-hate relationship a lot of the time. Some days, man, she's just awesome, does really cool mule stuff. And uh, <laughs> other days, it's just a fight to the death. Like, I honestly. Yesterday, it was all those within like a two-hour time frame. Yeah, a lot of it. Love, <laughs> then hate, then love, then hate, yep. then anger. It was awesome. A lot, of, a lot of anger and frustration. And then there's those <laughs> moments where she just really shines and is awesome. Yeah. 
Um, Jake, I know you use mules. What what do you think of them? Man, they're the most <laughs> people are like, "Oh, you got a lot of mules, you, mule skinner." And I'm like, "Man, I I didn't even mean to get one. I just <laughs> ended up with I, I got a trailer right now with eight head in it. And I think I have two horses. Like it's goofy, right? <laughs> nice. Um I just ended up getting them. Um but you know, when I first started riding mules, uh, I was on this young mule and I was going up a pretty steep hill. He was like three or four and he just turned and went straight downhill. Uh, I couldn't stop him. I couldn't slow him down. He was just trotting straight down. He had given up. He was tired and he was going straight down. And then he ended up going off this cliff and I, I, I jumped off and cut my hands all up and, and I took a roll and, and he just stopped mid cliff. And so the whole drive home, I'm going, you know, I'm trying to find the harshest bit I could ever find. Right. Like bike chains with spikes, whatever. Right. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to rip this mule's face off. So he never does that again. And I got talking to this old time guy who trains a lot of mules. And he's like, the answer for mules isn't harder. It's softer. Mm -hmm. And, and I was like, huh, very interesting. And he said, mules, they push into the pressure rather than, um, you know, like with a horse, how they pull their head back and they're like, Whoa, Hey man, with a mule, they push into it and they push into pressure. And so, um, he recommended like a English riding half cheek snaffle. Hmm. So it's pulling the off side of their head as well as getting their cheek on the right side, you know? Hmm. And, uh, I started using that with my younger mules that aren't already, you know, super broke. And I'll tell you what, it was so weird because mules, Mules mindsets where a horse is just like trying to understand what you're trying to tell it all the time. A mule's just trying to figure out how to make his own life easier all the time, hundred percent of the time. Hmm. So instead of like hurting him and like getting it, not hurting, but like giving him pressure for him to do something. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's way more work for me to fight this, pulling my head around and getting this rather than just do it. And, and, it might've been like a fluke, but that mule in particular, it was, I don't know, a day maybe. <laughs> and he was neck reining in circles and, and just a gem to be around. And now you can hop on him with a halter and ride him around. He's five now. Wow. And, and just a dream, you know, yeah. it's weird. You need to incorporate those techniques yeah. a little bit more, Gus. Well, and have you ever, I mean, have you ever used any other type of pack animals like llamas or? Or goats or a dog? No, no. See, uh, I think you forgot the part about being a cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't pack out on goats. No, no. I, I, you know, I, I could go on and on. We could do a whole podcast on that, but, um, (laughs) essentially like it's pretty hard to get a disease free herd of goats that don't carry a a movie strain, um, which is a, a strain of, uh, pneumonia that lies dormant in domestic herds, but you know, it, it, it's a saliva based, like it, uh, whatever, like the saliva from a goat or a sheep. Uh, if a wild sheep touches that their nose to a piece of poop, pee, uh, where a goat rubbed on a tree, ate a leaf. If a wild, if a, you know, a wild sheep then touches that they have no defenses for Moe. and for the pneumonia and it and it wipes herds out it's our biggest threat to wild sheep period you know we lose we lose one or two herds herds entire mountain ranges six seven hundred animals you know we lose one or two a year in the u.s due to 
you know, um, sometimes if somebody lets their goat out on the highway, sometimes a guy, you know, his whole herd isn't, um, tested and free of Movi strain or pneumonia. Um, and, and so it's just, a, it's just something that, um, it's like the biggest threat to wild sheep mm-hmm. and I'm kind of a wild sheep guy. So, uh, and also what <laughs> you can quote me on this. You don't look that cool leading <laughs> goats or llamas into the mountain. <laughs> Touche. Nobody ever, nobody ever saw a guy get out of with, unload a llama out of a trailer and be like, look at that badass. I want to be, you know, yeah, I bet he's got, I want to be wife. like that yeah. guy. And, and my mules, I have this mule, uh, I name all my mules after rappers. I have this mule and his name's little Nos. And like, <laughs> I promise you, you cannot get a llama. I mean, I mean he can go anywhere. Anything can go, you know, uh-huh. like if you want him to walk across a log, you just got to touch your spurs to him, you know? That's and awesome. uh, like, he's, he's rank he'll jump fences he'll you know he'll do whatever whatever you tell him he'll do you don't have a coolio do you a coolio no but i just got a black mule Uh, so that name is taken uh, anyways we gotta one one of our bucking bulls is named coolio so you can't have that name taken well it's a bull this is a different species we're we're not prejudiced here in my business gotcha okay fair (laughs) enough (laughs) so getting off that um you said you're a big sheep guy but i mean is sheep Bighorn sheep, your your favorite thing to hunt? Like what what's been the coolest thing for you to to go out and get yourself? Well, I uh, it, uh, that's a hard question. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go hunt tule elk tomorrow. Um, I don't even like I hardly even have time to unload my horses, but I'm hunting tule elk in California tomorrow uh, with a guy who's legally blind, <laughs> and like a, a tule elk hunt, a moose hunt. Uh, a good mule deer hunt all that is super fun and it's like hunting to me it's it's uh it's everything you get when you're hunting but when it comes to hunting sheep um it's more of like my life Mm -hmm. and it's a it's it's like an it's it's an obsession in a whole nother level where it's not like i'm obsessed with doing it because it's so fun i'm obsessed with it because it's like just my thing Mm -hmm. you know um so I, I, it's a hard, it's a hard one to answer, you know, um, wild yeah. sheep are just like my life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're, you're a sheep lover. Do you, do you get a lot of Velcro glove jokes then? Oh no. Oh yeah. You didn't. <laughs> oh no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to interject the there. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to interject here just because <laughs> we're already getting, getting a lot of time on the yeah. clock here. And I know Jake's got a vet appointment to get to. Yeah. And I got to know, we got to get a little bit political here because, um, I know Reno Rosser from the Flying U Rodeo Company. He is he's up Marysville, California, and yeah. he spends a lot of time combating legislation um, yeah. that is trying to ban rodeo. You know they've successfully banned mutton busting. Speaking of sheep, mm-hmm. all California, they're always trying to shut down rodeos, um, livestock agriculture. You know there's a lot of a lot of that stuff fighting. What what do you have to deal with any of that? Or tell us a little bit about how you handle that type of thing. Absolutely. So, um, California is different where they don't focus on the little rules. They focus on the big things. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's a very liberal state when it comes to, in in a lot of ways, running cattle, hunting, outfitting, um, auctioneering, you know, it's the most liberal state to go to an auction, you know, as Mm -hmm. far as liberal, as far as giving, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't use it as liberal Republican. I use it as like very, uh, 
easy and lax laws. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Um, they're very liberal with the laws. Um, man, that's super weird that it, sorry. Um, that it works out like yeah. that. <laughs> so, uh, but what you'll find is, is all of a sudden something will come in and it's not, it's not a regulation on the pursuit of an animal. It's the legislation to ban it altogether. And, and so it, we have a lot of lobbyists in California and we have to keep in touch with them and we have to, uh, you know, the conservation companies, myself, everybody, we always have to talk about it because uh, our problems are a lot bigger than everywhere else, you know, as far as they're trying to take everything away from us rather than uh, regulate it. Um, it's a constant battle for sure. And then I always, I, you know, I have to, I, in my, how I deal with problems and stuff, I have to do it in a mindset where I'm bringing uh, a liberal-minded person, and I'm meeting them in the middle. I'm making a platform for them to come to me rather than uh, being the guy who crosses my arms and says, you know, you can't take that. This is my livelihood. I've had it forever. I realize that that doesn't count and that doesn't matter for them. And so you have to figure out yourself um, a platform for them to be agree on, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of... More often than not, that's how we're going about it and hmm. getting things um, through, I guess. if that Does that even answer your question? I don't know. A little bit. I mean, what – like for the rodeo producers, what – I mean, what can they do? What can we do to these legislators that are having success banning events, banning banning rodeos, rodeos shutting down, banning events? You know, what, what can we do that way? It, Education is the biggest thing, right? Okay. And um, instead like of playing, yeah, it'll work with them instead of against them. Huh? Yeah. Well, and it's in. You can ask this question to everybody: like, what is the biggest threat to hunting? What is the biggest threat to conservation? What is the biggest threat to rodeo? What's the biggest threat to ranching? What's the biggest threat to uh, anything that you know? the three of us can do every day. And the biggest threat is a lack of education. So if people don't understand it and people don't know how to, uh, if they just don't understand it, it's never, ever, they're never going to be reasonable on how they deal with it because they don't get it. And so for me, I spent a lot of my time educating a lot of my time, um, kind of generically making cowboys cool again. And, and making people want to go to boot barn and buy a pair of boots because that's cool. And then they start to understand it. And then they're, you know, you have one less person that might be on the fence on support or don't, don't support. And, you know, you, you teach them and you show them and you educate them on, on the love and the respect and the tradition and the, you know, everything that we have and we do every day, like having them understand it. And, and so for me in California, that's where most of my time, money, energy goes is like an education level. Um, and the whether fact it's that teaching you're a super classes, cool guy, yeah, and respectful and nice, that's got to go a long way too. That's that's awesome, yeah. And, and I could talk to anybody, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and I could meet them on their common ground, yeah. you know, and then and then talk with them and say, hey, like, look, you know, this is this is how it actually works, you know, yep. um. And it's unfortunate today with social media, you know, right and wrong is so messy. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so it videos, um, content, all that will get looked over. Uh, the, the really important thing is reaching out, having events, um, hand on hand, you know, communication, talking in person. Uh, and then they can see, you know, they can see the passion and they can see the relatability and, and everything else, you know. We're not a bunch of um, monsters. We're not bad people. We're actually doing it, good things. you got a yeah. conservation exactly. business, for heaven's sake. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You just have to talk to people. Awesome. That's um, that's great advice. Yeah. Really good yeah. advice. For sure. It. And I know yeah. I know we're running short on time, Jake, and we're fixing to let you go here before too long. But uh, I guess one yep. last question Ooh. is in all your years of doing this and and doing all that you do, um, have you ever had any close calls, any big wrecks, anything scary happen to you? Oh man. Uh, I feel like my life is a wreck all the time. <laughs> um, it, my life is just sorting through one wreck at a time and, and trying to get back even, but, um, oh shoot. Um, yeah. Um, sorry. I'm just headed to the vet right now, but, yeah. uh, I'll tell a quick story. So I was, uh, I was in Alberta, Canada and this, it started to snow real hard and, and, and the snow kept accumulating and accumulating and accumulating and, and to where my breast collars on my horses were actually preventing my horses from going on the trails anymore. So I did some looking into the regulations and all the horse trails, they open up to, uh, snowmobiles on October 1st. And I'm like, sweet. I'll just take a snowmobile out. So I go out on a snowmobile and I never been on one before. Those things are terribly hard to drive. And so I got it stuck, hiked out. Uh, I thought like I, I felt what happened is I fell through a pond. I couldn't get the, uh, snowmobile out, hmm. hiked out like six miles back to my truck. And then I was like, screw it. Uh, and went back the next day, got the snowmobile out we call it they call them skidoos yeah. in canada that's why i keep hesitating um could have a bit of an accent skidoo <laughs> yeah skidoo yeah and so uh so i started hiking uh up these big mountains and i i hike up this ridge to to look over the backside to look for tracks and i was hunting bighorn sheep and by the time i got to the top my legs were just quivering it was so much work and i was exhausted and so on the way down i was just sliding on my butt and you know, down straight down the mountain, uh, through the snow. And I found out under these huge spruce trees, there was less snow and I would slide really fast on the grass. Oh, and no. so I was going essentially from spruce tree to spruce tree, sliding on my butt all the way down this mountain. And I'm going under this spruce tree and it just turns to dirt. <laughs> and, and I'm looking around and there's, it's all blood. There's blood everywhere. And then there's a half eaten you bighorn sheep under the tree. And then right then, right behind me, I heard, <laughs> you know, from a grizzly, like 10 oh, feet from me. Dang. And, and I'll never forget it flashed in my head. Never, ever run from a grizzly. Right. Yeah. And I stood up and I ran so fast. down the hill. <laughs> I, you know, when you're a kid and you're running down a hill and you're and your legs can't keep up with how fast your body was going. Yeah. That was, that was the exact feeling. So I'm hauling ass running down this mountain and the grizzly never chased me. And I, what I think it was, was it already had its meal. Was it full. was set and it was just trying to scare me off of its carcass and it worked. And what, <laughs> you know, whatever I was, whatever I was, it scared him. And, you know, I, I, 
and the whole time, you know, the rest of the walk, I'm like looking behind me and everything else. And yeah. finally get down to my pickup truck and called my dad. And I'm like, you'll never believe this dude. Uh-huh. I almost died. Um, I'm not allowed to carry a gun in Canada cause I'm not a Canadian resident. And so I had bear spray in my pocket, but that was about it. So yeah. good luck with was, that. Huh? Yeah. It was a scary deal. That's for crazy. sure. Touch and go. <laughs> Touching my adrenaline's running just hearing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, wow. man, how are you guys doing with all the wild, wildfires before we go? Uh, well, it burned all the way around my parents' house, came close. Uh, they shut down all the national forest in California, so it messed with my business a bit. Like, you know, I can't hunt national forest right now. Anywhere in the state, even 300 miles from the nearest fire, oh, wow. uh, they just shut down all the forests. Hmm. Um, luckily a lot of my hunts right now are, um, on private land. And then I head to Wyoming uh, next week. And when I'm up there, obviously I don't have those problems, but the fires are the real deal right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a smoky mess for Good sure. That. Jake Franklin, kick outdoors. You want to, uh, give us some plugs. Tell us, tell us what, 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 what can we plug for you? Man. Um, I, <laughs> I, I don't even need much of a plug and, you know, I'm just happy to talk to people and, and get the word out. My website's Kika, K-I-K-A worldwide.com. Um, you know, if, if what we offer is what you're looking for, you know, killing big, big animals and hanging out and riding horses in the mountains, you know, look us up. Right on. And, What's that uh, magazine? Uh, the magazine's Field Ethos. Field Ethos. Yep. yep. And they're, so it's a it's a fully online media source right now, and then 2021 they're coming out with printed stuff, and it's a it's a really unique magazine. It it's not like just hunting stories or just rifle information or whatever. Like it's just a hodgepodge of good stuff for people that are like minded. So sometimes they'll have like a good whiskey drink, you know, or you know they'll have a story about uh, a guy that's you know. It is trying to keep his ranch and uh, is fighting politics and sometimes it would just be a great story about me getting chased down the hill by, with by a grizzly <laughs> you know it's just that it's cool it's not very um, it's always a surprise so that's what's kind of cool about it so right on man uh, you are full of surprises I think we're going to have to do uh, do another podcast with you yeah eventually there's a lot of questions we didn't get to but we better let yeah. you get to your vet appointment and thank you so much for joining us you bet. You bet. I appreciate it, guys. All right, man. We'll take care out there in SoCal. Yep. And thank you so much for joining us again on Rodeo Rock Radio. We will catch you down the road. Friends.